This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Welcome back to another episode of Gangplank Report. We are going through the newest episode of Below Deck Med. They called it Don't Go Chasing Waterfalls, and we decided to call it Wipeout for a couple different reasons. <laughs> so I'll let Jen get into the rapid recap. Okay. Katie lets Delaney go, we think. The captain asked Malia to let Delaney help them dock as a consolation prize. Z does well on the bow during docking, but Delaney struggles at stern. The rudder alarm goes off, so Malia has to take a dive. At the tip meeting, Sandy invites Delaney to enjoy the day off with the crew. At dinner, we find out Delaney is the female version of Matt. Matt and Lexi are on round seven of a prize fight after Lexi talks smack during David's speech. Watching how Malia treats Delaney versus how she treated Z proves she wants to be the only woman in a man's world. Hot tub annex lead to a wipeout for David and a major bruise. David takes a shot with Delaney but strikes out yet again. Z gets promoted from deckhand to Captain Savaho when he defends Matt against another Lexi attack. Lexi chooses sleep over water sports. The trip to the falls leads to another Matt and Lexi throwdown. Z gets falling down drunk. Lexi sleeps in the van for two hours and 15 minutes and should have stayed there to avoid dropping an R-bomb and taking things way too far. And that's your rapid recap. Awesome. So I want to start off with this because the episode starts off this way with Katie asking Delaney to leave. Right. And a couple of things about that little meeting that they had. I feel like it was hard enough for Katie to get through that and then mm-hmm. to have Delaney kind of argue with her throughout the course of that. Not necessarily right. argue with her, argue with her, but try mm-hmm. to figure out a way that she can stay. And while I understand that this is basically a Dear John letter, it's not you, it's me kind of thing. Like this just isn't going to work out for us. And Katie's looking at it in a whole picture perspective, thinking this is just more of a pain than it's worth. And for the next two weeks, is it easier for me to just keep Lexi here than to try to shuffle everybody around and all the rest of that? I mean, we've talked about it pretty extensively so far, but in this conversation, I was a little frustrated for Katie where she was, Delaney's trying to come up with solutions. And while I understand that, the end result is still going to be the same. She was able to talk Katie into keeping her for at least the rest of the charter and see how it goes. But in this conversation, the decision has already been made. I'm just politely sitting down to inform you. This isn't a debate. Yeah. The whole you're the queen comment was a little little, tongue in cheek. Yeah. I think that there's more tension there between them than what we're seeing. And I don't know if some of it's being fed to Delaney from Lexi or if 
Delaney has a problem just because of how quickly Katie wanted to get rid of her. I'm not sure what that is, but there seems to be more tension between them than what we've been presented with. The tension doesn't make quite as much sense to me, but there are subtle jabs. And even later on in the show, when they do go out, you'll see Katie and Malia looking at each other and kind of rolling their eyes when Delaney talks. So I do think we don't have the whole Delaney picture yet. I think that's entirely probable, but I do have a prediction here. Okay, I would love to hear it. So at one point we see Lloyd start to have a little bit of angst Mm -hmm. during that, we are fast forwarding a little bit during that crew dinner situation where Lexi and Matt are going back and forth at each other again. Right. And we see him start to bob his leg and he mentions to Malia that he has had a really rough year mental health wise and that he's just gets a little anxious sometimes. And then we know from seeing previews for the rest of the season that at some point he gets ill and Mm -hmm. we see him being, you know, shuttled off in the tender to go to a doctor, we're assuming. And I wonder if he has some kind of an anxiety attack, like a crippling anxiety attack. And I don't want to put that on him, but it's a possibility if we're seeing a little bit of foreshadowing there. So I wonder if they end up keeping Delaney One, because David is injured. Mm -hmm. And then second to that, Lloyd has some kind of a mental health issue and ends up filling in for him as well. So I wonder if we see Delaney through the rest of the season, not on the interior, but on the exterior, because two of those guys go down at some point. And that's a good theory. And I honestly felt like, let me say this first. I was completely shocked when Katie let her go. I thought seeing the red hair in the previews and how, unless it was a ploy to do that, (laughs) how you could spot it in the previews and like, okay, we have our answer. I was shocked when she said, I'm letting you go. I figured when she told Matt to shut up and that she was going to handle it, I figured she had just decided I need the help. So I was surprised in the first place. But I still do feel like something's going on, whether it's because of all the fighting that we see this episode that Lexi leaves and Delaney stays or your theories. I'm trying to figure out if maybe instead of when they were talking at the dinner table, Lexi and Delaney said something about Delaney was going back to New York, I guess. And I wonder if they wouldn't just quarantine her again, keeping your theory in mind. They could just send her back to quarantine and say, if we need you for the stew part, maybe that's a Sandy thing that she'll say, well, if you want to stick around instead of flying back home, if we need you for some reason for the last couple of weeks, would you mind staying Why wouldn't you want that as a security blanket? You know what I mean? Like, why wouldn't you want to keep somebody in waiting just in case? I mean, somebody could get hurt as we see. Somebody could have to leave for any other reason. It seems silly to not have a contingency plan. Right. Especially with the quarantine. Because at this point, there's only two charters left. So they can't quarantine anybody, correct? Mm, I mean, they could have, but... Oh, that you mean, did they? That's a good point. You mean, could they have brought in somebody after they brought Delaney on? That's possible. And there still would have been time. But if they didn't bring somebody else 
into quarantine just in case that didn't work, then I would think that we're stuck with whoever we've seen, minus Luca, who we know we're going to see soon because he was on the previews. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. They're keeping us guessing. I like that that part. (laughs) That's true. I do think these guests left a pretty decent tip, all things considered. Maybe that was because of Magicless Mike's strip show who knows could be but i appreciate the fact that they left a fairly good tip so my next observation was david's speech on their first night off mm-hmm. i thought this was an adorable moment i thought it was a really good crew morale situation of course lexi ruined it i found it interesting that it seemed like matt was going in on her just as much as she was on him i think he's an instigator And I feel like watching that play out, at least at the first dinner, prelude to the second dinner, we start to see a little bit more of him and his maybe vindictive nature because he really starts to egg her on. Right. And he knows that he's doing it and he does it anyway. And it seems like everybody else is like, you know what, can we just enjoy this moment instead of ruining it like you guys do almost every time? So I thought David's speech was very cute. Mm-hmm. unfortunately shortly thereafter at the hot tub party he ends up with yeah. that injury i mean that looked pretty bad it I, did look really bad i mean it started to look bad right away i can't believe that the first instinct wasn't to go for an ice bag you know what i mean yeah <laughs> like, well not alcohol. waiting till yeah that's a good point that's a good point but still that looked awful because even when he was sitting there next to the edge of the boat that he hit his face looked extremely pained and yeah. i would have thought somebody would have run and said let me get you some ice or something but i get that they were all drinking but still somebody's got to be some level of sober i would think Mm. yeah that's true (laughs) (laughs) i have to get out of my old grandma head and get back into my 20s (laughs) no i mean we see that it gets worse the next day and you can see some of the bruising start happening and hopefully he'll be okay i've done something similar to that before and it was pretty painful Mm -hmm. i had a bruise on the side of my leg that looked like africa it was pretty bad oh my gosh uh, yeah, it was gnarly. And I had to get it drained a couple of times. So if wow. it gets bad enough, he might, yeah, it was a subdermal hematoma, I think is what it's called. Right. And I had to actually get it drained. Mm-hmm. So I hope he doesn't have to go through that because that was pretty miserable. Yeah. But I mean, from what we see, he kind of walks it off a little bit and it ends up inhibiting him from being able to sleep in the guest cabin with Delaney. But she wasn't going to take him anyway. No. Let's just get real right now. <laughs> Well, and you brought up a good point about how it seemed like Delaney and Matt were vibing more on a level. I really picked up some weird things from her this time. She and Lexi were cleaning a cabin and they were talking and she said, who do you think would hook up out of everybody on the boat? And so Lexi shared with her that Z and Courtney had already kissed. And she said something about the chef. And Lexi said, no way. If he was the last man on earth, I'd rather stay single. So it made me wonder if Delaney was testing the waters. Like, do I have a shot with the chef? And it seemed like from their discussions that she vibes with his vibe, which every squirrel has a nut, I guess. I don't know. Well, and (laughs) I know that she does 
Burning Man and some other stuff like that. And I'm not saying that everybody that goes to Burning Man is into orgies, but it's a much more open-minded community. Mm-hmm. You know, I've been to Burning Man several times. I was going to say, didn't you, haven't you been to Burning Man? <laughs> yes. Yes, I have. And I've got some crazy stories, but none of which involve orgies. Right. So there's that. Well, um, I've been to Grateful Dead concerts and I'm not your typical dead head. So I get what you're saying. <laughs> right on. Well, and then we get to this dinner where, well, first Lexi ends up sleeping for a couple of hours and she made the comment that nobody tried to wake her up, which we definitely saw Delaney do, but you also had an observation about that. Well, yeah, it was two hours and 15 minutes. She comes in and said, nobody tried to wake me up. And somebody, I think it was Courtney, said everybody tried, which makes me wonder, again, is production noodling a little bit with how we view how everybody feels about Lexi? Trying to make it more dramatic, like they wouldn't mind if she wasn't there kind of thing. But if everybody did and they only showed Delaney... I don't think if there was somebody that I didn't like on the boat that I would let them sleep through their meal. And if it wasn't me myself sucking it up and going to wake them up, I would tap the shoulder of somebody else and say, okay, can you go check on Lexi? I mean, I wouldn't send Matt to go check on her, but send Katie maybe or Courtney. I don't know how Delaney became the default in this. Well, because she's the only one that's really talking to Lexi at this point. We see them in the previous dinners and Delaney was the one that tried to go get her out of bed to come do the water sports. And so, Mm -hmm. I mean, they've spent some time bonding in the laundry room. So, I mean, maybe she just feels like Lexi should be more a part of things. But at the same time, you're a bigger person than I am because I just would have let her sleep. (laughs) Honestly, based on her track record and the way that she has a knack for just ruining crew dinners, I would have just let her sleep. I would have just let her stay there because it's a much more enjoyable experience for everybody else. Mm-hmm. And would I have gotten her something to go? Probably mm-hmm. brought her back a box of food, but we see her go back to the boat and chow down anyway, right? and kind of isolate herself from the rest of the crew. So it's not like anybody else is actively doing it. She could have been up in the hot tub for that party with everybody else. And instead she was downstairs in the crew mess eating. And then even that situation later on turns into a confrontation. Right. And she goes after Z and Courtney, God love her, tried to get everybody to just calm down because they were just tired of Matt and Lexi ruining every time they all have the chance to sit down and relax together. Yeah. And I don't blame them. It is exhausting. When you have so much going on, you're pulling such long days. I was granted an owner's day off. I would want that to be as pristine as possible and away from the drama. Like you were saying earlier, I think Matt is just as culpable in this as Lexi in pushing her buttons. Because when we get to the final confrontation, the one where Lexi walks off and says, oh, I would have smacked you if the cameras hadn't been on. And the things that were said in there between both of them were just so low. I have a personal problem with the R word. So I got, especially with Matt's mom being a special ed teacher, I understood why he was upset by that. But for him to then come back and say that she had bad parents knowing full well that her dad just died, that's messed up, you know? And then she came back and got even more messed up. And neither one of them is the kind of person that's going to sit back and take a breath and say, am I going too far? Right. And am I ruining this for everybody else too? 
too. Exactly. I'm team neither on this whole thing. If somebody has a poll, team Lexi or team Matt, just keep me out of it. I'm team neither right now. Because I think there were opportunities for both of them to back it down. And it just kept amplifying every time. I agree. Well, we'll see what the outcome of all that is next week. Yep, we shall see. But before we go, we do have a couple of questions this week. If I could get you to answer them for me. These are beyond my depth. Stephanie asked if the size of the boat dictates the level of service. As far as silver service goes, is it determined by yacht size? Yeah, I think there's a couple different things here. I've been on some 100-foot boats that require silver service because that's just what the owners want. I think it depends on the mood of the charter. And I think that, because I think she mentioned in that question that we saw Hannah kind of fall off on the silver service part. But if it's a more informal group and it'll make them uncomfortable to do real formal service, then if the tequila shots are more their speed and that's all they're really worried about, then you kind of adapt. Like it's your, it's your job to adapt in the moment. So sometimes really small boats do require silver service because that's what the guests want. That's what the owners want, you know, and usually you get that vibe from them from the get go. Most of the groups that we see on this trip, while the girls are doing great service, it's not full silver service because, I mean, some of these people, they're so inebriated, they can't even stay awake at dinner. So it's a little bit more important that you just try to make sure you get as much water and carbohydrates in them as possible versus Mm -hmm. (laughs) how perfect is the table set up. It's a difference of charter. It's a difference of group. And you just kind of have to read the room and figure out how to do that. All right. The other question is from our friend Blue Zebu, and he wants to know if you can explain the differences between managing a staff of eight on a larger yacht and managing two on a smaller yacht and really what size yacht would have eight stews. And is it true that the larger the yacht, the higher the pay scale? So that's pretty multifaceted. (laughs) So yes, larger the yacht, larger the pay scale. Okay. As far as the crew is concerned, so I genuinely believe that this, so we know that we're missing a sous chef on this boat. Mm -hmm. It's normally there. Sometimes they have a masseuse or a yoga instructor or something like that. So there usually is a fourth person for the interior on this particular size boat. So this is the largest boat that we've ever seen on the show. Right. And so they are down a couple crew members, comparatively speaking, to the size of the boat. They're also down a couple of rooms, or at least one room, where production stays. Mm -hmm. So there's the same amount of guests as we've seen before. And it's the same amount of crew until we added Delaney that we've seen before. As you add tonnage and square footage to the boat, you usually add a crew member too, because it's more of a job. Okay. More to clean, more to clean on the interior, more to clean on the exterior. The fact that they have had a sous chef on that boat before, we saw that on the last season of Sailing Yacht because they came and did that day off. And the sous chef was on that day off and they gave him the title of sous chef. So we know that there was actually another chef on board. So I wonder if that's how we end up seeing Luca is by him coming on as Matt's helper. Who knows? Yeah, maybe. Because it looks like Matt's doing all right with his hands. Like, Mm -hmm. yeah, he was still in a little bit of pain, but it looked like he was managing, so... Right. Yeah. He doesn't seem to be too super phased by it. We still haven't seen the confrontation that he has with Sandy about the fish entree, about how he's not that chef. We don't know what that's about quite yet. So that might play into it a little. We'll see about that. 
those questions actually spawned a question of <laughs> yeah welcome to how my brain works in my stream of consciousness <laughs> are there ever yachts that do shifts that you have a day shift and a night shift to where people are up around the clock not just anchor watch but that high end yeah Yeah. that high end to where if I desire a green smoothie at three o'clock but we went to bed at one o'clock can I get my green smoothie kind of thing yes there are yeah very definitely I don't know where the green smoothie came from because I've never had one in my life (laughs) (laughs) but there you go Okay, cool. One more thing that I wanted to mention, I have charter guests that are really close and they live in New Orleans and they got whacked by this last hurricane. And I reached out to them and said, is there a local charity that I can help promote to get donations to the areas that need it the most? Right. And they responded back to me and said that there is a website that is doing boots on the ground donations and feeding people and helping to house people and getting babies diapers and things like that. And that is themission.org backslash Ida. And I just wanted to put that out there in case any of our listeners are interested in helping out with what's going on with Ida. It's going to be a while till that area recovers, but every little bit helps. It is. We have a friend of the show who was in the path and they just got electricity back, but some of their family members still don't have electricity. So there is need down there. If you can fill that need, that would be great. If you're not in a position, we understand that as well. We just would like to put it out there just in case. But we appreciate you joining us this week and every week. You guys have been amazing. Keep the questions coming in. Our super fans for the Below Deck Med season slots are full, but we are looking forward to the Below Deck original season. So if you're interested in doing that, you can reach out to us on Twitter or Insta. And also, if you could rate and review us on Apple, that would be amazing. Yay! Yay! And we will see you hopefully for the super fan interview this week. Unfortunately, we have some sad news to share. The Bravo Universe lost a Below Deck fan this week. We want to thank Tamara and her dad, Lars. Unfortunately, Lars passed away. We knew at the time when we were recording that Lars was in hospice, but we didn't share that with you all because we wanted to give him a normal day, a happy day, and we knew the outlook, but we're ever hopeful. We're so blessed that we got the chance to talk to him. And we're grateful to Tamara for letting us spend that special time with him and sharing her dad with us. And we send her our love and best wishes. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks so much for listening. Bye. Bye. Special thanks to our friends who helped us create Gangplank Report. Down below music and lyrics by Angel Tweeter Frail and Terry Abbott. Performed by Laura Lyle, Florida. Production assistance by Michael Castaneda. Super fan intro by Blind Lawrence. Cast off me, hearties.